see a brother there Got the gun in his hand Always chasing after nothing Always running from the night See your sister there See her heart is turned to stone Child still growing blood-curdling greetings my friends thank you so much for stopping by and making paranormal prowlers podcast part of your day those tunes you just heard come from a good friend of mine a family friend frankie DeJoy. his wife is actually going to be the special guest today so that's why i had him on And at the very end of this episode, I will play the full song. It's a really neat song for you guys to take a listen to. Colorado local artist here. I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. I just want to start by saying that I am keeping the people in Ukraine in my thoughts and prayers and hoping that this stops really soon. It's just some really scary stuff that's going on right now. So today, I have joining me... A dear family friend, her husband Frankie, as you just heard, is a phenomenal musician and used to perform at my dad's steakhouse and continues to perform all over. Jody DeJoy is from Pueblo, Colorado. Amazingly, Jody found herself living on her own at the tender age of 14 years old. As a young girl, she lived in a hippie commune right off the river in New York and New Jersey with her best friend. In Jody's short years on this earth, she traveled a lot, and she ended up in Las Vegas, where she became one of the first female bartenders to work at Caesars, hanging out and becoming wonderful friends with people like Sammy Davis, Sugar Ray, The Eagles, Joe Walsh, Wayne Newton, and Tommy Hearns. When she was just a baby, Jody's grandmother knew she was a very special child and held on to a dear gift. She referred to this as The Shining. My girl, she's straight out of the school of hard knocks. Here she is, Jody DeJoy. Jody DeJoy, my friend, welcome to Paranormal Prowler's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Hi, good evening. Good evening. I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Sitting here with my three pups and just deciding what I'm going to do with the rest of the evening. Yep, I hear you. Well, part of that evening, I'm kidnapping you, and we're going to talk about some all things paranormal. I love being kidnapped. (laughs) All right. Sounds like a plan. Well, Jody, at three years old, or shall I say three years young, your grandmother told you that you possessed quite a special and unique gift, what she referred to as the shining. What exactly is the shining? Well, the way she explained it was, I used to play with rocks, and my favorite were the shiny silver ones for my back. And I would play with them, but they felt like they were alive. So one time I brought them to the table, and I was playing, and she said, do you see how they shine? And I said, yeah, Grandma. She says, are they talking to you? And I said, they always do. Hmm. 
And she said, that's because you have the shine. She said, see, rocks have it too. Do you see their shapes and sizes? They're like people. And she said, but you have to be respectful of rocks, like people. She said, because you have developed something that is special, and we're just going to call it the shine, and that will give you the ability of knowledge in your life. And so I just accepted it, because I was four, maybe. Yeah, no, that's really sweet. I like that. So, Jody, what was your introduction to the paranormal and supernatural world? Oh, goodness. I've had a lot of experiences through the years. Earlier this morning, while we were on the phone, you were sharing with me one in particular that you said was the very first thing, and it had to do with your mother. You know how funny, because I was just getting ready to tell you that. Yeah. My mother was an invalid due to a stroke. Mm. Uh, she was in bed for three years. And came a time that uh, it was just time for her to go. I had been kind of defiant because I was 10 years old. And I wanted to go ride my bike. And she wanted me to stay in. And I told her, you have to make me stay because you give up now. Because she couldn't move on her right side. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, I took off, and 10 minutes later, I heard silence. I knew it was her. Well, I was at the neighbor's house that night sleeping, and I was awakened by her. And she told me that she came to say goodbye. Mm. And that she loved me. Yeah. And I was good. Yeah, it was cool. And it wasn't like her, but it was spirit. Yeah. And she said she'd always be with me. And she has. And it has come to be my understanding of what started a big part of it was was my acceptance and my belief. I mean, that's such a sad story. You were so young. I mean, 10, 11 years old when she passed. And three years of your short life, she was paralyzed I could only really imagine but there's kind of more to that story what you were saying about when your neighbor walked into the room right she had walked in about 10 minutes maybe later I'm not sure the time but shortly after to tell me my mother passed uh, I first looked at her before she said anything, and I said, my mom is just here. And she said, I need to tell you, your mom has passed. And when I said, I know she came here. Yeah. And with that, uh, my grandpa and my uncle showed up and whisked me away. And it just started from there. Mm. Well, first of all, I'm sorry that you lost her at such a young age. You know what, though? We talk different now. I still have her. Yeah, do you still feel her around? Does she still oh, kind of show herself to you? Absolutely. Yeah. The one who really shows is my son, Tino. Right. Um, yeah. Tino's with me a lot, more than he was when he was here. <laughs> yeah. Because he had a lot of issues. 
I have seen things that are totally, I know, I'm a believer. One day I was sitting here meditating. And I was looking at my dresser and thinking of my son, just thinking, meditating. A pill bottle raising the air about five, six inches. Hmm. Stayed there about ten seconds, raised right back down and sat down perfect. I said hello to him. I know it was him. Yeah. And that's when I really got active. That's incredible that he's that he's there, and like you said, you feel him more now than you did when he was around. And I knew Tino; he was a friend of mine, not like super chummy where we hung out all the time. But the times that I did spend with him, he was just such a down to earth, incredibly friendly person. And I was very sad to hear about his passing, and I. I think that it's really neat that his spirit is so strong and that he continues to give you signs that he is still around. You know, Tessa, I am absolutely sure it's him, without a doubt. Yeah. He'll put things, I will be looking for something. Like, he's looking, it's not there, and two minutes later, it's there. Hmm. Today, before I was going to do this, I was in the refrigerator, and I have a way of making objects move. And I was thinking about it in this container of uh, French onion dip popped right off the top of it. <laughs> and, like, flung itself at me. Oh, <laughs> And I just giggled. I thought, what are we up to, Tino? You really want to be a show today? <laughs> See, he's like, when I was alive and if I did that, you, I would get in trouble, but hey, I, I could throw stuff at you now. <laughs> no, Neil Tessa, he was such a clown <laughs> when he was alive. That's one thing about my son. He was a clown, and he loved a good laugh. Right. I, I know what you mean when you say that when things happen, and you know for a fact that it's him. I've had that happen, too, where things will happen, and I'm like, I, I could put my finger on who that is like okay that's my friend or okay that's my grandpa and it's just like in your heart of hearts you absolutely know who's behind it yes you do that you do that you absolutely know right you know and I'm just like that today there's no way that Liv could have done that yeah there was nothing nothing to move it nothing you know nothing right it just was yeah, so what was the first experience that you had when you knew, okay, this is my son? Oh, my goodness. My daughter, G, and I were in the kitchen breaking down the kitchen cabinets on top. You know, you can put, like, say, like, flowers or, you know, decorated yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we came across a big leaf. Yeah, I had saved a marijuana leaf. She had a beautiful leaf. And she said, here, Mom, look. And I said, oh, my goodness, what was that doing? And so I, she, I put it, and I raised it and put it on the floor. About three minutes later, we looked. It was like about two feet off the floor, dancing around, dancing. No wind, no breeze, nothing. It came by her legs. I said, Gina, look. 
she held up and she was like, oh, you know, it freaked her out. Wow. And I looked at the refrigerator and on there was a big picture of my son Cheeto <laughs> and it was like flapping back and forth. Oh, wow. And I looked at him, I said, so you want to dance? <laughs> and we danced. And I think absolutely it was like, that's it, he's waiting. Right. To me, that's incredible that he obviously left this earth way too young, but that he's still here, you know, and... When I first lost him, about three months before he passed, I kept getting this burning feeling on the back of my shoulder blade, my right one, Mm. and it would feel like burning, and I thought, it's spiritual. When Tina passed, the minute he passed, that came out. I mean, and it stayed with me for, oh, a good year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it would just, like, appear out of nowhere and just stay for a while. And it was always in the same spot. Hmm. He always hit my right, right underneath the shoulder plate. You know, and I, I knew it was him without a doubt. Right. You know, I, and it's like, I know they contact through, you know, energy, electricity. Yeah. A lot. No, it is incredible how strong spirit can be and just how many different ways they can let themselves be known. And like you said, that's absolutely one of them. And that's very incredible. And you feel him all the time. Well, you know, Tina was very psychic. Very much so. Really? Yes. Oh, yes. He could tell you things before they happen. Mm. I don't know how many times he told me that stuff. I think that was a whole lot of his problem. Yeah. He just didn't know what to do with it. You get in the wrong field of teenagers, and they're doing, you know, things that are dark. You know, who knows what you get attached. No, that's true. Yeah. So, did you notice, like, when he was around, any kind of poltergeisty things happening around when he was alive? Yeah. I'm not sure if it was him or not, but it was pretty mad. What happened? Pretty mad. <laughs> pretty. My husband Sicilian that he is, which just blah, 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 stating his opinion about some stuff, but he could be loud, he wasn't, you know. And my daughter G and I were like looking at him, listening. All of a sudden, the TV picked up about three feet in the air, landed right by his feet. Oh, geez. Swear to you, it happened. Wow. Yeah. He told us, it fell off the table. We said, no, it was in the air. It did not fall off the table. Hmm. And that was like probably one of the like strongest force. And I wasn't sh- think sure, like, I thought it could have been my son, you know, just trying to say, be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, but that was strong. And then there was something else that I'll tell you about. Whenever you're ready about your dad's place. Yeah, go ahead. I, I know that you have actually 
had quite a few experiences with seeing things levitate and that is not many people get to see that so I know there was one time at my dad's that you did see something so yeah go right ahead I want to hear about that again you know what there were five five of us and Jules was one of them my friend Sherry my friend Diana they, I don't remember the other person we just went downstairs because Jules was saying that you know it was haunted so we went down not really even expecting much and we're standing by a pool table, and I'm not kidding you. There were some, about eight, ten pool sticks in the corner. You know how you could hold them up in a corner? Yeah. I was looking at them. All of a sudden, they lifted about five feet in the air, flew about five feet over, crashed to the ground. We all saw that happen. <laughs> yeah, and that's neat when other people are there and see it too. And there's so many times where I have seen something incredible and I'm the only one. And it's like, well, I know I'm not making it up. I know what I saw, but it's so nice when you have that second or third party. where, Yeah. Yeah. Where they're like, no, she's not making it up. She's not hallucinating. She's not high. She, we, I saw it too. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, honey, to this day, every once in a while, I'll stare at my dresser with the levitation of the bottle, mm. and I'll stare at her and say, don't let it happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and it's not that I make fun, it's just, I, I don't want, I don't need it. I don't, I don't need it. <laughs> not today. <laughs> not today. Yeah, I talked about it forever. Yeah. And, uh, just different little things, you know, things weird like that. I was up in Denver, and I had a friend, his son, would put a pencil and get a piece of paper and kind of fold it like a, remember those things in the old days we used to work with our fingers, you'd get a word out of them? Well, he would like kind of fold it like in a triangle. Oh. Where the point was at the top, and then he put a pencil. Yeah. To balance it. Yeah. So we would stare and watch and watch, and I'll be damned if that thing didn't start spinning. Cool, cool, cool. Right. <laughs> so when I walked by the refrigerator, this giant pot and pan crashed to the floor. Oh, wow. I walked on to pass the paper towels. They unrolled. And I yelled at him, David, what are you doing? He said, that's not me, Jody. It's you. Wow. So I have a thing for psychometry. I have all the kind of things, when I touch things, I see images. Yeah, that's interesting. Talk a bit about that. I guess it goes back to the rocks, like feeling, you know, what was inside of them. It's kind of like if I get a watch in my hand and I open my third eye and just concentrate, I will get images of what may have had that watch. You know, of who may have had it, what they were feeling. I mean, I I get their feelings. I used to be very active in readings. I haven't done a, a lot for quite a while, but I was very active. And uh, I was very, very accurate, which sometimes is kind of scary. Yeah, really. I could only imagine. You don't do the readings very often these days. You said 
why is that? Is there, do you think that you'll ever start up again? I do. I do. In fact, I was going to start doing it again. Uh, I'm going to have some downtime. I think I just like, like anything else, you know, like a job or something, you just kind of like retire, you know, just like, don't feel like doing it. Yeah. And you know what, I got tired of, like, I did not put it out there, but people come and want weird questions. Like, are they going to be rich? Are they going to have money? You know what I mean? Are they going to get married? You know, it's like, those kind of questions. Right. Well, the funny thing with me, there's been times where I like would love to do where I do sessions with mediums. And a lot of them, not, I guess not a lot of them, but there's some of them that would go, okay, are you looking for medium or psychic? And I'm like, look, I know the answers already. I know I'm not going to have kids because I don't want them. I know I'm not going to get married. I'm common law married. I, you know, I have all the questions. I want medium. I want to communicate with the people on the other side because I have so many family and friends. I like that being able to pick that up. Yeah. You know, it doesn't scare me. Right. Me either. Yeah. I love it. And so it's, it is neat when you're able to, there's been so many times where I have these sessions with mediums and I walk away from it going, wow, like they were so accurate. Like they got the message through and just being able to communicate with them. And it is really neat. So yeah, I, I think that you said that you were accurate at it. You should give it another go. But I get I get what you mean where you're like, okay, it's time to retire. I don't want to do this any longer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really didn't even do that. You know, I just kind of like, kind of ran out of time and started doing some different things and stuff. And I still do like, I still have like four or five people. Yeah. You know, but I at one time I have like maybe 15 people. That were coming, you know, on a regular. I mean, they came from Trinidad, you know, Springs. Um, I had a couple that were out of Callers. Nice. But yeah, they were, you know, I mean, it was nice to, to read it. And I had one that I didn't know. They hired me to do readings at a party. They called it a clothing ex- exchange. And he brought like five idols, it was clothing. And you threw it in a pile, and you got to pick up five items. And if you wanted, like, a reading, it was 15 bucks from me. Well, I read this lady, and it got really dark. Really? Yes. And I ended up explaining a murder scene. Oh, wow. It turned out her daughter was murdered. Oh, no. Bless her heart. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I described the guy to the T. When they picked him up, uh, he was in the paper. He looked exactly what I had described. Oh, that is creepy. So you described what he looked like before they got him? Yes. Oh, Jody, that is wild. Wow. He had stayed in touch with me for quite a while. Her name was Emily, the, the little girl. Aww. I don't know if that's in Los Angeles, but, you right. know, she was like, I mean, he, he really, you know, he stabbed her a bunch, and oh. was very thorough, and I felt the killing, the death. Oh. And uh, that was probably the most violent one I've ever had. So since then, I've learned, 
don't be open watch. Be very careful. Right. You know, and, but that was like about 30 years ago. Oh, wow. Maybe 25 years ago. Keep and it. I've learned a lot. Yeah. No, I bet you have. Yeah. And you still keep in touch with the mother, you said? No, she moved, she moved to California about five years ago, mm. and we just lost touch. But you know what? She got remarried, and, you know, uh, it turned out good for her. Good. Good for her. Yeah, it did. It turned out good. But now, you know, I start doing this reading, and all of a sudden, I smell this greasy oil smell, and I see this guy with long, greasy hair and a... Mm. Black trench coat and a red shirt and boy, that's what he was wearing. Incredible. And we talked talked to him and walked with him outside of the the club from Dutch Court. Oh wow. That's from there he picked up. Oh geez. Yeah. Wow, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, it was nice that you were able to help the mother out, and that is so awesome that your description of this monster was so accurate. It's like, I'm sure when you saw him in the paper, you're like, wow, that yeah, that's exactly who I saw. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it was him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Black and white, but the mom told me what he was wearing, the color. And he was in the black French coat and the long, you know, just shelf, greasy hair. Right. Oh, yeah, that's mind-blowing. Is there another example that you can share with us? That one was amazing. I have to tell you something that happened to my daughter. It might actually be just happened to me. So creepy. Wow. So much history for sure. I have a mother that is my metaphysical mother. Mm-hmm. I was married uh, one time before to a guy named Dennis Cornell. That's where our first daughter came from. Mm. And she's a metaphysical reverend at Divine Science for 35 years. Oh, wow. And she taught me metaphysics. 
Oh, that's neat. So, I mean, I don't know much other than that. You know, I mean, she is who made me believe. You know, and I mean, I, I, I was a Catholic, but I just didn't believe that. Right. You know, and yeah. I, yeah. Uh, but everything that I asked her, she explained, and it was like, to my acceptance, I believed it. Yeah. Oh, that's... So, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's just one of those, watch what you put out there, you know, what kind of, you know, the metaphysical energy. That's, that's neat, for sure. So... Jody, we live in a town that has had its fair share of hauntings. One of them we're going to talk about is one that we've talked about in the past together is Courtner Road. But before we talk about Courtner Road, are there any other Pueblo haunted locations that you would like to talk about? Well, I have been years ago when we were kids to the Honor Farm. Mm, yes. That's highly haunted. Right. Uh, just highly. The energy around there was so dark. And... Honor Farm, like you said, is extremely haunted. I know I've been there a handful of times, and now it's just kind of like a wall, like a skeleton, like, you know. Right, right. But what have you experienced there? There there used to be the rumor that people used to go there and do these, like, crazy satanic rituals. Okay. They did. Oh. I, went, I was about 16, and I'm 65 now. Yeah. So, I mean, the walls, everything was up, and they were like, you know, 666, and everything, desecration, everywhere. Yeah. But, like I said, my girlfriend and I wanted to walk around because that's how we were. And we came to this one room, and oh my god, I don't know what happened in there. I just saw flashes, and I just shut my eye down. But it was like so cold, and we not only could breathe and walk, it was like we were walking in like ten feet of snow. Oh wow! Trying to move, and it was like forever. And then I saw like this looking chamber thing, and I flashed, and finally we got out of there. And we never went back. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I went out there a couple, oh, it's probably been three or four years the last time I was out there. But oh, wow. it's it's still creepy. Even in the daytime, you just like, it feels creepy to me. It, it has so much went on there. It's just, like you said, it's creepy. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's day or night, you just get that creep factor to it. And yeah, that is a good location. I, I totally spaced out all about that. So Cordner Road, it's funny because you asked me about that if I had ever been and I forgot the name of the road, but I know as soon as you started to describe it, I'm like, oh yeah, I've been there. It's been about 15 years, but yeah, we went there and it was, it was really just so creepy. So I know you did your research on it. So I want you, if you will, to talk a little bit about the history of Courtner Road and the haunts. And I know that you and your daughter have been there before, and you could talk about your time there. But talk about the history about this place, Courtner Road. Well, 
partner is about two miles from me out here on the St. Charles Mesa. And history has it that there was a farmer that killed seven people there. Hmm. And there is a ghost dog that has been seen that he runs on hind legs in the road. Several people have seen I have a friend that has seen that dog. She lives right off the corner, so she has to go by there, and she's just seen it twice. She wouldn't make it up. We went on the grounds about 20 years ago, and we were filming it. It was eerie. There were dolls that were desecrated on. There were bats, like hundreds, mm. hanging in the corner. And when we came in, they just went mad. And so then we walked out to the field, and there was like a burning, a circle, and it had the star burnt in it. Oh, wow. So it was pretty creepy. This was, like I said, 20 years ago. It was pretty active. People really went there then. The house was standing. Now it no longer stands. Okay. I remember when we went, it seemed like every time me and my friends would go there, we would always run into another group of people and not always the same, but it always seemed like that was the place to go to, to go check it out. Oh, it's haunted. You know, we would always go in there and people would be like, Oh yeah, this is the farm where the guy hanged himself. And and he also killed his family members and hung them up. Like they were butchered, like, you know, butchered animals and there the hooks are. And yeah, I remember when I was there, that we were chased by not bats, but bees this one time. And I remember seeing little kind of like cabins, if you will, in the area. And it was just like so creepy. And the last time we were there, they finally had put up no trespassing. We ended up being chased by this dog. And God, thank God it wasn't running on its hind legs. I would have lost my shit, I think. What was it by any chance? Do you remember? I don't remember. I I just remember that there was barking in the distance and that it kind of got closer and started to chase. But uh, it wasn't the white dog. That's the one they see in the road. He's white. No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. It was so long ago. Again, well, he was on all a, fours. A very popular haunting, you know, for teenagers. Yeah, I remember we were on the south side, and we would always drive over to county, and so, you know, it was a few miles. Well, they partied there. There were broken bottles and beer bottles, and you know what I mean? People, kids partied there. Right. Yeah, but, it, you know, it was creepy. Very, very creepy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, very creepy indeed. <laughs> Another Pueblo haunted location. <laughs> Yes, very haunted. They said it is one of the most haunted places in the United States. If you Google it, that is exactly what it says. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah, yeah, it's with the history it has behind it. I, that's not surprising. And it is a farmer that had slaughtered seven people. And were they family members of his, do you know? I believe they were family and workers. Oh, wow. Yeah. So seven people he killed, and then he did kill himself, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I forgot, too. Some people say they see a farmer walking around. Oh, that's I forgot, creepy. I forgot all 
about that, yeah. And then, uh, you know, there's so many things. How about the Yorona? Yes, I grew up hearing about her. Yeah, do you believe it? You know, I have an open mind. I I can't say that I believe in the paranormal and discredit or, you know, completely say, but this doesn't exist. And so I think that there are, there, as we know, there are many cases of women who either lost their children or killed their children and then regret it and then end up roaming looking for their children even in death. And I think that La Leona... That's what they hear at night, the, the crying, right? Right, yeah. She's just kind of like walking along the creek or wherever she is, just searching for her children because supposedly she drowned her children. And Yes. Yeah. Well, my grandmother disclosed that one for me. <laughs> she said it was foxes crying. Oh, okay. They sound, they sound just like women. That's what she told me. Oh, interesting. I know. <laughs> so I'll never know. 50-50 now. Yeah, you never know. It's, it is interesting because there's so many times, so me being a paranormal investigator, there's so many times where you have to debunk things. The one great example is when we were in this old ice house. And at one point, all of a sudden you hear this like weird growl sound. All of a sudden you just hear all of us laughing and it was my sister's stomach. She was hungry. And, and so it was actually her. Yeah. And it was so funny, but that's just a good lesson because if we didn't say something about it, I would have been like, Oh my God, we didn't respond to this. We didn't hear this. Oh my God, that was a growl. And yeah, so it is funny. And so I'm sure in some cases that it is like some sort of animal or whatever. But I do believe that there are cases where a parent took a child's life and continue to just kind of look for them, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Living in New Mexico for a while as a child. Yeah, we heard that all the time that you know the woman who killed her children you know oh that's what they used to tell us scare us yeah they used to say it was the Cuchara River you know and we'd yeah. go around like through my grandson's house you know and, it's, and we'd hear it at night Fine. yeah and she you know we were just like scared and they used to tease us they said you know I would get all scared <laughs> Finally, she called us in and said, those are foxes crying. <laughs> yeah. Was like, I don't know if I wanted to know that, though. But yeah, I'm, it's always neat hearing what people were told as kids. You know, like, sometimes I'll talk to my friends in Ireland or England and what their grandparents used to tell them about the wandering lights or just, like, different things. And, you know, I actually was talking to... He's a fellow... Puebloan as well and he was talking about how he saw something in the sky and I have seen in Colorado and New Mexico my fair share of sightings of UFOs or you know whatever have you ever seen anything in the sky that you could just simply not explain actually a couple times I wasn't sure so I tried to take a picture but my camera just wasn't good enough. It just would not take it. It just was like a dot. Yeah. 
but it like zoomed back and forth and then stopped and then zoomed. You know, and it wasn't a satellite, but that was my only experience. And then there was uh, one more time, and that was uh, we were up in uh, the mountains looking at the stars, and it was just there. It just appeared. Oh, wow. And it came down low, circled, came back up, and made it a quick exit. And it was so fast, we really questioned it. But yeah, I haven't been, you know, more, you know, things through doing psychometry. I have, you know, I get like images or desks, the way people buy, or this is, I have your father here, this, you know, he wears this, this, he likes, and, you know, and they're like, yes, that's, that's right. But those are just the images. Like I said, I don't know how they come. It's just, if I touch something and meditate, it just comes. Right. Not all the time, you know? Usually, you know, I could tune in. No, that's very neat for sure. It's a, it's definitely a very special gift. Well, you know, I thought everybody had it. I really did, and I think everybody does in some form. You know, their gut feeling, they call it what, intuition. I think it's all the same thing. Right. Well, you know, Jody, big shout out to Jody DeJoy for being on the podcast. It's always a pleasure talking with you. I appreciate you coming and surfing those paranormal airwaves with me. Oh, you're welcome. I needed to, you know, share them. That's for sure. Yes. So I'm, I'm glad it's there and I will keep sharing. All right. Well, abundance of love and joy and peace in your life. You as well, my friend. Well, a sweet soul for sure. I sure do love the DeJoy family. Very kind, friendly folks for sure. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, you guys. They are all pretty phenomenal. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry. You can hit up any of those fantastic podcast platforms such as Google Podcast, Deezer, GeoSavin, Radio Public, wherever you may roam to listen to your other podcasts. You'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcast lurking in the background. This week's special city shoutouts go to Stephen City, Virginia, Newcastle upon Tyne, England. Elyria, Ohio, Orem, Utah, and Dahlonega, Georgia. As always, a huge thank you to every single one of you for listening in. Do you want to be featured on the podcast sometime? You can find me on Facebook on the Paranormal Prowlers podcast page, Twitter at Paraprowl, or email me at paraprowl at gmail.com. Now, as you may remember at the very beginning of this episode, you were able to listen to part of Jody's husband, Frankie DeJoy's music, a song that he wrote several years ago. And she was so awesome and shared this recording with me. So I want to play that song again for you right now. And so for the next few minutes, you're going to be graced with my friend Frankie DeJoy's voice. So here we go.
So there we have it. Big shout out to Jody DeJoy for being on the podcast and her husband Frankie DeJoy for sharing that beautiful song with us. So thanks folks and we will see you next week.